0: Okay, welcome, Eyes of the Wheel. I'm so happy that you're joining me today in my first conversation, yay! This is Jared, meet Jared. He is beautiful and happy and joyful and kind, and I'm so happy that he's my first guest on this show. I met him through King of Hearts, which is a non-for-profit organization here out of Calgary, Canada, where we live, and they basically get people together for mental health and to kind of digest and peel apart modern masculinity. So I know this is a big, hot topic, and I'm very interested in it. I actually listened to the audiobook recently, The Masks of Masculinity, and just loved it. Have you? I am
1: so bad with books like I don't read them and I don't listen to them but just the title like that hit me hard and you know a lot of the a lot a lot of the guys that I'm close with do a ton of reading and I think that a couple of them have have uh, read that, that
2: one so
0: yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Well, he's the living example. I'm just living vicariously through the knowledge on the side, but I'm so happy to have him here because I find that modern masculinity is a huge thing to unravel and to understand and to just allow us all to figure out how we can be more supportive of our men and how our men can open up more and we can create nurturing loving spaces for them to evolve and to share as we as women do seem to um, be able to do it a little bit more easier so anyways welcome Jared
1: thank you I'm, I'm super excited to be here and you know like you were saying it's just I was reflecting on it a little bit and how crazy you know the universe works sometimes we just happen to be on the same call we just happen to be paired up together and um You just, both of us just happen to have podcasts and kind of connected on that too. And so, you know, it's, I always love those, those little chance moments that lead to something more.
0: Yes, absolutely. Synchronicities. We have to follow them, right guys? All right. So with this self-healing journey, we all have our reasons why we start on this. We want to delve into self-help, spirituality, whatever it is. And for a lot of us, it starts in suffering. I know it did for myself. Um, but for you, Jared, um, what, how long ago did you start this journey? And how did that kind of look for you?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I would say the start of it was probably about three or four years ago. Um, so I ended up, I started seeing a therapist.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I held a ton of shame around it. And I didn't tell anyone in my entire life for the first two years because, and it was so funny where I was very hypocritical to myself, where whenever I would hear other people talking about therapy or working on themselves, whatever it might be, it was always, I was a huge fan. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, that's so good for you. I'm so glad that you're doing that. Like, you know, it's going to help you so much. And at the same time, you know, once I started doing it, I was super ashamed of it. Like, it's great for other people, but I shouldn't need it. Right. And being very hypocritical against myself. And so that's where it started. Um, started seeing my therapist for a couple of years and kind of got to the point where one of her suggestions was like, you know, I want to do more, right? I wanna, you know, start really stepping into this, growing more, everything like that. One of her suggestions was you should quite literally just go and try a whole bunch of different stuff because you never know what you're gonna like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, I can do that.
0: Yeah. And
1: again, you know, the are we calling them synchronicities?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like meaningful coincidences. Like,
2: yeah.
0: Like just the idea that our universe, you know, has deeper intentions that we can't see. And when we see glimpses of, of it, it may seem random, but I don't think it's random. I think it's, it's a sign and it's a nudge. But yeah, and then yeah. this synchronicity happens. So yeah, um, keep going.
1: Yeah, so synchronicity for sure, and I love that definition. I'm gonna to have to remember the word synchronicity and use it more in my own life. But um, yeah, you know, I was one day I was scrolling through Instagram, and randomly, one of the guys that I knew had done a bio on Andy Newen, who is one of the founders of King of Hearts, mm-hmm. and he looked super familiar, and I couldn't place it. I'm like, why do I feel like I know him? But anyways, I read the you know the little blurb, and he started talking about the King of Hearts. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I started talking about modern masculinity and mental health and men's mental health, things like that. And they just so happened to be doing um, an event. And this was I think about a year and a half ago. So this was pre-COVID. So we were doing in-person events at that point.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, I was like, you know what? I don't know anybody there. I'm going to show up by myself. Like, I'm going to sit in the corner. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to watch. Worst case scenario, I lose an hour out of my life. Right And um, yeah, so I randomly showed up by myself and had no idea what to expect. And yeah, just, you know, had really an eye-opening conversation. And for one of the first times in my life, it was a feeling of other people struggle with the things that I struggle with as well. And that feeling of not being alone anymore and uh you know wanting to share so badly like having these physiological responses of like I could feel it I could feel like myself vibrating I wanted to say something I wanted to say something and it just I couldn't force myself and luckily one of the guys there um kind of noticed and was just like hey Jared like do you have anything you want to say and I felt like I just like word vomited and you know I wanted to say everything and started talking it was such just like Just this amazing release
2: Mm. that I
1: was able to finally get these things out and talk about them and, you know, show some vulnerability, show some of my struggles, show some of my imperfections. And that's kind of really where things took off. And so I went to a couple more of their meetings, um, their meetups, and started getting closer with the guys there. And they brought up that they were also starting a men's group. Mm -hmm. Same sort of idea. However, it's essentially a closed group. So it's the same group of men every single week and, um, you know, you get to know them deeper and we go deeper into these, you know, topics and more specific to you. Mm. And that seemed super scary and super exciting at the same time. <laughs> and so I decided to to join and um, grew a ton through that as well. And that's been over the past year and kind of gets me to where I am today and I ended up actually just leaving that group and um, you know because I thought that it had served its purpose for now for me and I'm looking for to take the next step Uh, but still super close with a lot of the guys there and um, you know still see my therapist regularly and yeah that's kind of how the quick version of how I got to where I am today
0: right that's beautiful so I guess like growing up as a man like I'm guessing there are certain types of standards or judgments that was put around you and who you had to be. And so, You had, you know, these walls up and so much that it kind of sounded like you're like, I just, I want to talk. It was almost like a, like a ticking time bomb that was like, just let me let this out, but I can't. And I, you know, like it's not going to be accepted if I do. And then you, you held it in for so long, I guess. And then eventually with, with therapy and then with the men's group, even better, because now you're taking this into public. You're taking this into friendships. You're taking this into uh, a whole nother level um, of vulnerability and openness. And um, yeah, it's just, it seems like a very empowering journey and a very courageous journey, especially as a man, like leading this sort of conscious masculinity that is coming through now. So, um, So yeah, can you speak to like what it's like to to be a man and like, what does society expect of you and, um, how is that harmful or helpful or yeah, how, how does that resonate with you
1: for sure? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I want to preface too, of I'm still super early in my journey and I've definitely made huge strides and changed a lot. And at the same time, I recognize that there's, I still have a long way to go.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, and (laughs) and I think it's super important to, um, you know, acknowledge too, that it's like, you know, we had this conversation a few months back and it was this idea that, you know, working on yourself, it's not a destination, Mm -hmm. right? You're not, you're not going to get to a point where you're done or you've mastered, you know, masculinity or men's work or working on yourself or mental health. It's a continuous journey where you can always get a little bit better a little bit better and you have to stay on top of it as well um but going back to your question yeah you know i i think that i put a lot of pressure on myself as well Mm. um however there's you know and some of the outside pressures i would say is some of the things that you're told as a man are you're not really allowed to show emotion the only emotion that you're allowed to show is anger or aggression Mm. um Sometimes you're allowed to show sadness if you lose at sports, right? Then it's acceptable. You know, you can cry once you've lost a championship game.
0: Yeah, I actually heard within the mask masculinity that so many men love sports because it's it's a space where there's no judgment around emotion. Like they can express any emotion they want around a sport and it's accepted. So that's interesting that you mentioned that and picked up on that. Yeah
1: for sure and you know it's a lot of times it it ends up being an outlet and you know yeah. you just saying that it makes a lot of sense too of why so many men are die hard sports fans right, right? you know you can show any emotion the whole wide array of emotions when it comes to sports because you know that's manly right, right. that acceptable yeah. realm that you're able to do it
2: yeah
1: um and it, so you know i think a lot of a lot of the pressure comes from that is one you know like you need to almost be this unemotional um stoic figure at all times right I think the other one that really you know especially resonated with me was the fact that you are a lot of times the emotional rock and people come to you with their problems you don't go to them with yours Mm. right and that's you know, it's been magnified in my own life, and kind of the role that I took on as I am the emotional rock. When you have a problem, you come to me. You know, you put your your um, troubles and tribulations and um, stress. You put that onto me because I can take it, and I will never ask the same of you. And you know that became very tough, and it led to a lot of very uneven relationships in my right. life, right? Because you know I was great at supporting people but I had absolutely no idea how to ask for support for myself.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I would say another huge one that we talked about, um, which is, you know, near to me and close to my heart is, you know, even things like body image issues as a man.
0: Right. And
1: yeah. And for me, you know, that's one of those topics where it's not even a topic. It isn't talked about, like, it's not even, that you shouldn't, you know, feel like that. It's just that it doesn't exist, right? Like men don't struggle with things like that, and so it's never even, a, you know, the idea of a conversation. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was one of the specific ones that I struggled with at the time, is of feeling completely alone, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, you know, I'm not happy with the way I look. I'm not happy with my body and that's not allowed as a man and i can't talk to anybody about that i can't be open and honest to people about that Um, because it's not allowed it's not something that we struggle with and so we keep all of that inside and you know a lot of times that's where that pressure builds is because you have to keep everything bottled up and inside you look for those places where you can have those releases and hopefully it's a healthier spot like in sports, right? As opposed to losing control and completely blowing up.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, or like turning to addiction or escapism and all sorts of ways, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, and it just makes total sense. Like there's not a lot of safe space that I guess society just inherently gives and puts around men that they can, chill out and just be themselves and be whatever and it seems like sports is really that only space because if you're you know walking around just you know going to the grocery store doing your everyday thing and you have to wear this stoic mask all the time and you have to you know push it all down and you can't feel even even safe in those places to just be yourself or say like yeah I'm having a crappy day I'm sad or like yeah I mean it's it's really hard or whatever, just out of all the fear, I guess, of, of being told, like, you're weak, you yeah. know, you're, you're not a man, grow up, you know, the little, like, punch or whatever, you know, like, suck it up. Um, and, and that's tough. And I mean, you don't, you don't have a safe space to process your own stuff, I guess. And then on top of that, you are taking other people's stuff, so it's just all spinning it's like yeah i'll support you i'll take your stuff and like i'll i'll also have all my stuff but i won't say anything about it and i'll go on like this for years decades and then some some random big outburst happens or some addiction pattern happens or some really bad mental health type of episode goes on and you're just like, well, that's, that's not random, right? Like when we look back at this, like it makes total sense to me listening to you, like how that's a recipe for, for just disaster for our men. me <laughs> sad. It makes yeah. Yeah. Um, I sad. yeah. But I really am so grateful to you and men like you and men at King of Hearts that are, are standing up. For that, um, and I know, if myself as a woman, I find that super attractive when when males are open and when they, you know, when they're vulnerable or when they cry, like. And speaking to my girlfriends, like when like they're their man cries it's like a big like wow like it was amazing like I know that's the woman side of things but we just we just want we want what's underneath all the layers so badly so watching the men like like you and a king of hearts do that work to internally like dissolve your barriers and create safe space for each other is just the the fundamentals of I think, of, of your well-being, or your partnerships, your relationships, your successes and all that. Hey, What do you think?
1: Yeah, I know for sure. And, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I still struggle with a ton is, you know, especially being, like, vulnerable in romantic relationships.
2: Mm-hmm. Very,
1: you know, for the longest time, for almost my entire life, like, I did not show any vulnerability at all. It was all bottled up. It was, you know, this facade of perfection of, you know, like we talked about, of I don't struggle with anything. I don't need anything from you. Let me support you. You don't need to support me. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I have what I think is like an interesting look on it um, because I'm really trying to wrap my head around, you know, the idea of true strength actually being able to show your imperfections and able to show your vulnerabilities. right show that you do struggle and that that you can still be okay with those
2: struggles Mm -hmm. and
1: you know or it doesn't mean that you need to cry every single day right it doesn't mean that it's you walk around like a bleeding heart every single day all the time right but the ability to be able to tap into that Mm -hmm. and where it showed up a ton for me and what was coming up for me when you're talking is this idea that In my life, one of my coping mechanisms was just to push everything down, all the emotions, everything that I was feeling, because a lot of those were negative feelings, negative emotions. I ended up pushing them all down. Now, a couple problems with that, as you can probably imagine, you know, one of them being, of course, like we talked about, I would have those outbursts and whether that's being, you know, just really reacting super strongly to a minor occurrence but really the other one internally for me was I realized because I had to shut down those negative emotions, I didn't get to pick and choose which emotions still came up and I had to turn all of them off. So I didn't allow myself to feel sad or pain. However, I also didn't allow myself to feel happiness, to feel joy, to feel proudness, right? Of myself and the people around me. And so yeah, you know, it really was that and still something that I work on is just accessing those emotions mm-hmm. and um, being able to tap into them,
2: normalizing
1: the fact that some days I'm going to feel good. Some days I'm going to feel bad, right? And it's okay if I feel bad sometimes. It's okay if I'm having a down day or a down couple of days mm-hmm. um, and really just showing that self-compassion to myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. Preach. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I love that. Um, And yes, it is a journey. And it is this thing that we're working with all the time and every day. Like even myself, this is not just a man thing. Like it's it's a human thing to want to push away the heavy sides, the harder sides the negative sides of ourselves. Um, so yeah, very beautiful work and I can, I can see like within you the, how much the self-acceptance and self-compassion you've practiced, even just a little has added to your sense of just strength, you know, like it's like, you know, you just, you come, you become a little bit more unshakable, I feel. Um, so, um. So that practicing of accepting and accessing your emotions, then do you find like the therapy, the men's group, was that a big part in you accessing your emotions or were they different in ways they helped you or?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely both of those things were instrumental and I actually found them very complimentary where when I saw my therapist, it was a lot more of understanding, right? And unlocking in my brain, understanding where some of these thoughts and feelings are coming from, or you know, realizing that they're actually coping mechanisms. It's that's not my natural tendency. That's a coping mechanism that I've used since I, I was a child to protect myself. Yeah. And unraveling those and really understanding, you know, this idea of a lot of the things that I think are true actually come from a decision I made when I was very young, when I was in elementary or junior high school. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: so unraveling a lot of those, you know, truths of, well, is this actually true? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? And no, you know, was it a decision I made? Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: is it now the same decision that I make as an adult looking back on the situation? instead of you know as an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old and some of them still are true but a lot of them are now challenged as well no this is what i thought was true and it's not and therapy really helped me dig into a lot of those and i would say opened the door and understanding of you know myself and how i came to be Mm -hmm. Men's group was a lot more about actually embodying it
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: you know i almost you know i kind of explain it as like a place to play my emotions and get to test them out and I say play and it's a lot of times extremely difficult but I get to play with them right I get to play with conflict I get to play with anger I get to play with vulnerability right and this this place and you know I explain it to people of it was a place for me to be seen and heard without fear of judgment Mm
2: -hmm. because Mm -hmm.
1: I know that no matter what I said or the other men said or did in the group, I knew that there was a really deep bond of love between us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that I was able to kind of stretch those boundaries because they had the background on me. They know where a lot of this is coming from. And they know that, you know, this is the space where we, you know, go at it. Like this is where we come to, to test these things out. And if I go too far or if I don't, you know, the, they won't hold that against me. And if I don't go far enough, You know they'll hold me accountable,
0: right?
1: So yeah, I got to I got to play a lot with with those emotions, with those sides of me, and Mm -hmm. um, yeah, in a safe environment.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like how healing is that for? Wow, I feel everybody, and I'm just so happy that you had that experience, and this this experience is ongoing. Like there's many men's groups that exist, and just yeah it's just it's just beautiful, so is there anything else um about the men's group or like that you think other people or other men would benefit from from the group, or have you had thoughts around that?
1: yeah you know and the you know the biggest thing that I go back to a lot of times, even with this, and yeah. you know a lot of times pushback of you know the idea of men's group from everyone, from other men or even from women sometimes, right of I think that we're all trying to get to the same place, yeah um, making making ourselves and better so mm-hmm. that we can make the world better,
2: mm-hmm. so that
1: we can work on the relationships not only with ourselves but with those around us, so that you know we don't have those unhealthy outbursts so that we have we we develop these skills to address some of those old wounds that we might have from our childhood or from um, other experiences. And, you know, it's, a lot of people are really confused by it of like, well, how do you explain, like, what is men's work? And it's such a tough thing to explain. Right. Um, you know, it's not, we go and once a week we cry every single time. <laughs> right? it's like, sure. There's, A lot of crime right but there's also a lot of stepping into your assertiveness and everybody goes to it for different reasons Mm -hmm. right like for me one of the ones is you know one of the one of the biggest ones for me is I've always had a problem with conflict and where that came from is that in my house growing up if there was ever a fight it was 10 out of 10 There was no small conflicts or disagreements. It was, if we're getting into it, we're yelling, the whole house is involved, like we're getting into it. Yeah. And how I carried that into my life is I thought if I was ever to, you know, get into a conflict with somebody, that's where it's going to go. And subconsciously, I think like, okay, well, we're going to have like, you know, an argument where we're both yelling and so bad that it's like, potentially we don't speak to each other again. Right. And so being able to see that conflict is okay, that we can have, you know, a two out of 10 conflict and still be friends afterwards.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that makes total sense that conflict can actually be like a means of growth and depth when it's handled with love and safety, right? But when it's handled with fear and like the, you know, the need to be like right or wrong, then yeah I've seen that a lot within my own family within my own life too because you end up playing out the patterns then you're like wait a minute like you know um and when you experience it being handled differently it's almost like shocking (laughs) Like, wait a minute (laughs) like this is this is something that can be handled with safety and then it's um yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a big journey of inner trust of like, okay, like I trust myself and enough to open up now in this space and to walk into, you know, conflict, which may not even be conflict. It may just be like a space where you just open up with each other and maybe it feels heavy, but that doesn't mean it's conflict. That's just, entering a you know a a deeper space so yeah yeah, I think that's really beautiful
1: yeah you know I I think another big one specifically for me and you know I, I ended up realizing one of the big pieces for myself was showing vulnerability with people and showing the dark side of myself and it was I didn't realize how much weight I carried around,
2: mm. you know, always
1: being heavy, you know, always taking on and never being able to unload any of it.
2: Yeah,
1: And, you know, I think that was one of the most life changing things for me is like being able to release some of that yeah. and, release it and release it. And, you know, that's, that's probably been one of the most, like I said, the most life changing things is this now feeling of, well, I can, I can be myself.
2: Yeah. And I don't have to
1: put on a show for other people. I, I can lean and count on other people so that I don't have to carry it all myself and feel crushed. Right. And be fighting this, you know, in this struggle inside that nobody can see and nobody knows about because I don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. Right. So that, that's also been extremely freeing for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you find the men's group kind of like disproved what you thought would happen if you would be vulnerable? Like what did you think was going to happen like earlier in your life, if you were vulnerable, what was your idea of what you thought was going to happen?
1: Yeah. So for me, and it took a lot of digging, but Mm -hmm. realized uh, a lot of, again, a lot of the things that I thought I knew came from decisions I made from my childhood. Yeah. And one of the biggest ones for me is this struggle with perfection Mm -hmm. and this idea that I needed to be perfect in order to be loved. yeah. And if I wasn't perfect, I wasn't worthy of love.
0: Yeah, I hear you.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so my entire life was showing whoever it was that I was perfect. And that involved changing my personality to best suit them. Yeah. Right? And a lot of times being quiet when I first met people to figure out what they liked, what they didn't like, what, you know, their energy level of how I could match that. And going against some of the things that I believed, because disagreeing with them—if I disagreed with them—I wouldn't be perfect in their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And if I showed any imperfections, if I was vulnerable, if I talked about the things that Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, that I struggled with or that I didn't like about myself, like that's definitely not being perfect. And so there's no way. Like I'm just trying to get them to like me. Yeah. Let alone like, you know, love like feel love from them. And so there's no way that I can be vulnerable with them because it'll show them that I'm not perfect and therefore not worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And I think that was my biggest takeaway is like showing that I can show my imperfections to people. I can tell them the things that are wrong with me, the things that I carry shame around in my life and still be loved by them. And funny enough, it actually brought me closer in most of my relationships
2: Hmm.
1: because now it humanized me. It showed them that I, you know, also struggle and they love me more because of it. And, you know, still something that I struggle with, but something that I've made a lot of strides. in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you shared a lot of really, really insightful things there. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's this really strong fear that we carry, I guess, around, like, if I show who I am, I'm going to be alone. But it's really it's really like curious to me I feel like there's another layer in there that's like why do we even have that thought you know it's like I don't know if maybe some of us have actually tried being super vulnerable maybe when we were younger and then it turned out to be that like people walked away people judged you like you did it once and you're like never again and then you carry this belief system. So I guess that's, that's where it comes from. And it, it is just so interesting. Like maybe that resonates with you, maybe not, but um, that I feel like that could be a possibility of, of what happens to us. I mean, we try something out once, if it's not received with love, we go into the box of never again. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so for me doing a lot of the work and digging into it, I came to realize where that came from was actually um the relationship with my parents.
2: Okay. okay.
1: And there was a lot of like call it turmoil in my household growing up. Right. Okay. And because I was always like okay. Uh I always got good grades, you know, like I took care of myself. I, you know, played sports,
2: um, yeah. I was on honor
1: roll, you know, whatever it might be, I was always just like, they knew that I was going to be okay. Right, and Because of that, I didn't get the attention that I craved.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it led to me feeling like I wasn't good enough, right? So it was feeling that I wasn't doing enough to be worthy of that attention. Right. And for me, personally, that's where it came from.
2: Mm-hmm. and it took
1: a lot of digging and a lot of hurt and a lot of baggage to get there um and finally identifying it realizing it and starting to heal that wound again has been you know just transformational for me and you know it's still there it's not closed by any means however now that i know where a lot of these things come from i always talk about like the root cause yeah right? you know, the root of, like what it actually was and all the branches are coming off of that of where it shows up in your life.
0: Mm. And so
1: trying to identify that root cause actually helps with all the branches as well.
0: Yeah. Cause then everything kind of made sense to you, I guess. And you're like, okay, like I can do that and I can accept it. And yeah, that's amazing. Such good work on yourself. And yeah, it's it's definitely not a blanket sort of answer. Like everyone has their own individual experiences that led to the beliefs that we hold today that we, you know are holding us back or helping us um so that's wonderful um and how have you found so i guess like you started going to men's groups and then you decided i'm going to start opening up i mean you started to with therapy i'm guessing and then like they gave you a little nudge in men's group to be like hey okay open up here too now yeah. and how were you received within the men's group like when you were vulnerable when you did those things you were you know so scared to show up of yourself like how did they respond to you
1: you know I'd say the biggest one is with love yeah Uh, luckily you know when I've shown up with vulnerability and been vulnerable with people I've been received with love which I think is the biggest the biggest piece and I could feel that
2: right
1: um you know another another eye-opening one for me was that I catastrophize things a lot in my brain and I go, okay, well, when I tell them this, they'll never think of me the same way, or, you know, they'll baby me forever, or, you know, they, they won't like me anymore whatever it is. And I think one of the most freeing things was that it didn't actually change our relationship that much.
0: Right. 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 Even,
1: even opening up to my sister for the first time about, me seeing a therapist and she was the first person I told and you know she's the closest person in my life to me and I didn't tell her for two years and it was this huge build up like I thought it was going to be this huge like (laughs) life altering like it was going to blow her mind that I was seeing a therapist that I was struggling with things and it was kind of just like oh yeah I could see that (laughs) you're not crushed right now what do you mean you're not crushed right (laughs) and so Seeing that life goes on, that it's okay, that it actually brings us closer together and that things don't, you know, change that much, that it doesn't blow up my entire life or relationship by being vulnerable with this person and they just, they still treat me as me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is so powerful. And that's an experience that I feel many people haven't had yet. They haven't had an experience of being received in love in their authenticity, in their mess of being a human, in their vulnerability, right? And like, in my experience, like, it's not just, you know, one time I had to be received by love in that space. It's like it had to happen again and again and again. So finally, my conditioning of like thinking that things were going to be different finally was like, okay, you have no ground here. Like reality has proven different. so many times like now you can actually drop that and I find that we almost have to take action to allow reality to disprove our limiting beliefs right I don't know what do you think about that
1: no I think I I completely agree with it right Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah you almost have to prove it to yourself sometimes yeah and uh, like you know <laughs> we try to talk ourselves out of things so much and pretend like we know what will happen
2: mm-hmm. and
1: there's only really one way to know and it's by doing by and doing. It's by doing over and over again and you know it's it's funny to me looking back and um, i came to this realization i want to say about a month ago i feel like i just used the same time periods for everything but anyways um i realized and being able to look back I went, oh the real thing that I've been focusing on this past year has been vulnerability. Right. And I like the physiological response, like I talked about in that first King of hearts get together to share. I don't even know what it was. It was something probably super minuscule. (laughs) Right. And I'm like shaking, I'm sweating. I feel like my heart's going to pound out of my chest, like just to open up a tiny little bit to these strangers. Right. Um, And then fast forward you know, 10 months. And in the men's group, one of the, you know, the final kind of stages for myself, and I was able to go like, Oh, like, you know, vulnerability isn't going to be my focus anymore. um, For the next time period, was literally, I felt called to stand up in front of the men and essentially say, my deepest, darkest secrets that I hold the most shame around in my entire life and share all of them with them. Right. And be witnessed and to be seen and I don't want to hold on to these anymore I want somebody to know
2: mm-hmm. and
1: the response in my body that I got from that was minuscule compared to the small share that I did at the beginning
0: right right that's- my body had gotten used to it mm, yeah that's really beautiful to share and like just what happens over a time period and how we you know, we we tend to think like it's gonna be like that every time, right? Like you're gonna be shaking and sweating and stumbling and all the things like every single time. But it's it's just at the beginning. It's just the newness. Hey. And like that's a really powerful uh story you shared. And like that's just, you know, 10 months in a men's group. Like that's a huge amount of transformation, right? Like now you have all this um experience and proof of opening up again and again and again that you're going to be okay you're strong you know it gets easier every single time and yeah I just I can't imagine like how much that's affecting the rest of your life so how what are the biggest changes you've seen like in your normal everyday life um, post vulnerability to now being more vulnerable I know you're just yeah. the waters but I mean like what what differences have you seen
1: Yeah, you know, and I think it goes back to those small changes that you don't necessarily notice all the time. It's that feeling that I'm not being crushed by the weight of having to hold everything in. Right. You know, the feeling of being okay, um, you know, feeling my emotions and actually being able to feel some of my emotions Mm -hmm. Um, and truly being able to be myself is a huge thing that I never felt like I was able to do. I always felt like I was putting on a show for other people to be that person they want, wanted me to be. Yeah. And now it's, you know, it's this, well, I'm going to explore like, what does it mean to be Jared? Like who is Jared? Because I don't know who I would be without trying to impress other people because that's been my programming for the last 20 years. Yeah. And so, okay, like let, what do I want to do now that I'm not as worried because we all still have those moments of what other people are going to think of me. And yeah, it's, like you know, I don't have something specific to point to, but I would say just overall, like my mental health, my, um, the feeling inside of my head is just, you know, of lightness, of calm, of more peace, as opposed to this constant pressure, this constant being feeling of being beaten down
0: yeah and that's huge. like just in a few words that you said there, like that's a huge life difference, like a huge, huge transformation, you know yeah. that's:
1: yeah. and actually, you know, yeah. the one other piece that just came up for me was a lot of times I felt myself living in fear Yeah of the fear of other people realizing and noticing those things that I was self-conscious about
2: right. the
1: fear of them like you know seeing or feeling like I'm an imposter they're like well you know this isn't right or I see that imperfection and being able to release that has been huge too of putting it out even publicly like you know doing things like this like on my podcast where I'm just like I'm gonna put it all out here so now I don't need to worry about it in my mind it's out there people know about it so I don't need to worry if they're like actually looking at me and thinking one thing because i've put it out there if they actually see what i'm struggling with because it's out there now and so i can just kind of be
0: absolutely you're owning it right like you're owning it so if anyone else makes fun of it you're like well i've ruled the world and i don't care about it so why do you (laughs) and that's the ultimate strength hey like to fully start to own those aspects of yourself and yeah, it's very beautiful, the podcast that that Jared has created. It's called Journey with Jared.
1: Journey with
2: Jared, yeah.
0: Journey with Jared, yes. Yeah, so you should check that out. Um, and yeah, he just has been practicing opening up and really living and embodying this. Like, it's not just a concept. It's like you've full-on done the podcast. You've done all these things. Like, it's a full commitment and it's just inspiring it's very inspiring to see that and to yeah just put yourself out there with that courage on public spaces right like i feel like if you you've done it on a public space it's like well now <laughs> there's nothing else to hide
2: <laughs> exactly
0: right? it's not just one friend or two it's it's on the internet and that's that's <laughs> a big level so very proud of you
2: Thank
1: you. Thank you. It means so much to me for you to say those kind words.
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, last point I wanted to ask you about is community and just how you feel about that, um, how that's impacted your life.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think that that was another big piece of the men's group was, you know, finding people that are, you know, like-minded individuals that I can have these kinds of conversations with and they're they're open to it. right? and you know one of the things I always say is you can only in this kind of work a person is only able to go as far as they're willing to go
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and
1: you know if you are willing to go farther and you know that one friend or that one person in your life might not be able to support you in that journey and that's okay and it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to cut them out or never talk to them again or anything like that but Having the people around you to support you on this journey is just so important, and people that you can lean on, and you know that feeling of not being alone, of seeing that other people struggle with the same things that you do, um, yeah. is just again, so liberating, so freeing, and so important. And we can't do everything all by ourselves a hundred percent of the time, and everybody needs help sometimes. And so, having that community that you can lean on, whether they're in person, whether they're online, whatever it is, as long as you have them and connect with them and um yeah you know it's it gives you those safe spaces to be able to work on yourself to do the work so that when you go out into you know the, the real world um you know you're kind of more practiced and you don't have to test the boundaries anymore because you've tested those you know in your community right. and you to just show up you know more appropriately in the different situations so right.
0: yes beautiful i love that thanks for sharing um, yeah, I find community is, it's, it it does exactly that. And it, it makes us feel less alone, you know, um, and less like we're an outsider with these weird thoughts and weird feelings that are just only us, which is yeah. really isolating. And like, that's how I felt for a lot of my life to initiate a lot of my awakening. So I can really resonate with with that is just hearing that somebody else is feeling the same way you do is like a big relief <laughs> and just yeah. feeling, uh, yeah, the strength of a group, the strength of a group and the strength of support and love. So I love that. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Um, this was amazing. Like, I'm so glad that we were able to connect and
0: mm-hmm. I get to
1: count you as part of my community now, uh, yeah. cause it makes it stronger. And so, Thank you.
0: Yes, you too. Thank you so much, Jared. And yay, first conversation <laughs> on my page. Thank you for joining us. I hope you got so much out of this conversation. I did. And yeah, check out Jared's content, Journey with Jared. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Eyes of the wheel.